Welcome to The Diamond Mine with David Fuller, a podcast from the Rough Diamond Academy. Hello, my friends, and uh, welcome. I have a very special guest with me today, my good friend Tess Crawley, who is a psychologist and uh, business coach. And she's coming to, to us all the way from Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, just down the road for me. And just like the rest of the world, we can't actually meet in person. Isn't that great? <laughs> Hello, hello. Lovely to see you. Um, so I've asked you along today and you've been very gracious in, in giving me some of your time because I know you're busy, um, yeah. <laughs> very busy at the moment. <laughs> I guess to give you, to ask you to give us your take on adjusting to the new world order, this, this yeah, yeah. New paradigm that we find ourselves in. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a crazy time. It, it's a really interesting time. I mean, I'm, you know, I've got this lovely view behind me, you know, I'm doing, you know, I don't know if you're seeing online at the moment, there's a lot of news readers and mental professionals and all sorts showing you what their people see when they're online versus what everyone else would be seeing if they were standing in the room with them. And right now I've got this lovely view behind me, but I've got one naked child on the couch in front of me. Uh, a husband in the next room and a sleeping child who's sleeping in, in the next room. You know, like, like, we are on top of each other and trying to work, yeah. trying to keep kids entertained, trying to do all the things and everybody's in the same boat. And I think for me, I'm finding this notion of um, we're all in it together, which has become a bit of a catch cry. I think it's the most united we have been as a species ever because we are all doing the same things and all struggling with the same issues. It's interesting. Um, I've made this observation too, Tess, that probably the first time in my life, lifetime, that I can recall where we've got literally a one species problem. Well, it's yeah. not one species problem, but it's it kind of a yeah, yeah, yeah. world problem that affects our species are united as a world as opposed to this country, that country, or this location versus, you know, it's everybody's problem globally. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it's, it's you know, it takes me back. I mean, I guess the only analogy I can draw from my lifetime and your lifetime would be going back to the Cold War. I have very strong memories of the Cold yeah. War, being a teenager during the Cold War and feeling this very strong sense of, inevitability and doom um but even that was nothing like this so it was nothing like this very different this is is very practical this is very practical unity and you know the fact that we are communicating like this even though we're isolated in our own homes is is amazing and i think that's one of the greatest things to come out of all of this is the fact that people are flocking in droves to reconnect with each other electronically The, the number of you know, evening drinks sessions I'm, I'm hearing about happening online. I've had Friday night drinks with my own team. I'm in Melbourne, my team's in Tasmania, and we had Friday night drinks together, first time in months the other night. And it was lovely to just sit and have a chat and relax and have a glass of wine together. And, and then we went on and cooked our dinner. We didn't have to worry about driving home. That's fabulous. I'm yet to have one of these drink sessions. To be honest, to, well, we'll have to organise one. I've got a few planned. I just haven't quite got to them yet, but I love the idea. And um, yeah. yeah, well, there's something for the future. You can actually, you know, go on a on a virtual pub crawl and not have to worry about the car keys. It's exactly right. It's exactly right. I had another one with some of my business coaching clients on Saturday night. So um, I have uh, I had a bunch of, of business coaching clients here in Melbourne 
God, it seemed like last year now, but I think it was like 10 days ago. And they were staying in my apartment building and we had a, a working retreat, weekend working retreat planned. And we had come together to you know, get some work done. And my role is to facilitate that, keep them accountable, keep them busy the whole weekend to get them moving forward in their own businesses. Um, and things really changed during the weekend that they were here. We went from being quite comfortable going out to dinner together on the Saturday night to the Sunday, the madly scrambling trying to arrange flights home because they might not get back into their own states without being quarantined. Like it was just the, the amount of uncertainty and mm. fear and anxiety, it, it completely derailed the weekend, but it unified us as a, as a group even more than we already were. And so we usually meet on a Tuesday morning and we also had a, we had a drink session on the Saturday night, well, a glass of wine and a chat. Didn't talk business, just got together to, I guess, to decompress the following Saturday night and just had a glass of wine and a chat. And it was so lovely to be able to do that, to round off the stress of the weekend that we'd had, you know, getting them all home, getting my husband back here from Tasmania. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, it was quite intense. intense and I, time. You know, I, I guess it's one of those things, isn't it? I know the story you had of, of uh, well, both the weekend and because I, I was going to attend a workshop you were having on the Monday, which of course didn't That's happen. That's right. It got cancelled, um, yeah. And, um, and, and of course, your husband being in Tassie and not sure if he was going to get that last flight or be stranded. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And there's a lot of these stories, right? Everyone's probably got one of these stories or know someone who has, and uh, which is that part of that unifying thing is that we all have a story. Whereas uh, when it's an individual crisis, it can be very easy to get pushed aside in an individual crisis, like mm. the rest of the world's going on as if nothing's happened. You're dealing with your own individual crisis and grief and the, and the world continues on and ignores that. Yeah. Here, here we're all, it's kind of like a unified grief. And, and I, I've, I've been noticing waves of it, you know, even in my own self and people mm. around me, it comes mm. in waves. Um, and I'm, I'm curious if you've got any... I don't know, advice for, for, for dealing. Well, yeah, I call yeah, it grief because yeah. I think it is. The world changed. The life Yeah, the, the, world, the world's changed. And I think especially, you know, combining my hats of business, a business coach and psychologist and business owner, um, what I'm seeing, I'm, I'm very much focused on how businesses are travelling, small businesses are travelling at the moment. And the grief, uh, the grief of seeing businesses that we love in our community shutting down, there's that. Yep. Uh, there's the grief for the business owners who are having to let staff go uh, and having to shut their doors, their dreams, you know, potentially shattered. Um, yeah, we've even just that we've got a little local French restaurant, which is our absolute favourite, and they've only just opened their third restaurant here in Melbourne. And then they've had this, they've had to close. So, you know, I mean, there's multiples, there's multiple layers and the grief is normal. I think that the, the key point really is the grief is normal. I'm meant to be in Tasmania today celebrating the last day of my ownership of my Hobart practice. I've sold my Hobart practice. I have two, I have one in Launceston, one in Hobart. I've still got the Launceston one, but I'm meant to be celebrating with my team today and, and uh, you know, feeling really uh, full of the gratitude of what an amazing team they've been and excited for their future with their new owner, who I know really well. So I was meant to be there today to sort of do the farewell and hand over the baton and then celebrate tomorrow the new ownership and and I can't be there you know and, mm. and that feels that feels very strange um but in the context it, it I guess the context in a in a in a way takes some of the spikiness away because we've got a reason 
Yes. It's not it's not senseless. There's a reason and we understand we're all fighting for the same cause. You know, the government is announcing initiatives to help businesses, which is amazing. Um, but the grief that we're feeling, in particular, I, I, I do, I must say, I do feel for those people who are losing family members uh, to this virus, because I think in the wave of the enormity of what we're all facing, I think those people who are grieving the actual loss of a person are potentially um, being lost in the backwash. Yes. And, and so I do feel for those people in particular. And I saw somewhere, I think it's in New York or in somewhere in the States, they're actually putting together, it might be the New York Times, is putting together a, um, a rolling memorial for the people who've been lost to the virus. Uh, and I think that we'll start to see things. I know museums are now starting to gather information about what this period of our history is like in the moment. And I hope that we will start to see something, um, you know, rolling memorials here as well to the people who've been lost. I think it's really important that we not forget those families. But from a business perspective, you know, business owners, uh, they're frightened, they're anxious for the future, there's no certainty, they can't give their staff any certainty. Uh, and there's that, that grief that comes with loss of control and loss of a dream or potential loss of a dream. So it's very normal. I think it's very normal. And that's probably the first thing is to accept that that's normal, a normal feeling. So that, yeah, okay. So first thing is accept it's, it's, it's normal. And... Yep, yep, yep. And I think, and then the next, the next thing is to accept that this is a transition phase too. We're adjusting. Yeah. So we will reach a new normal. And by the time we get there, it'll probably all change again, but we will reach a new normal. And it's happening rapidly, isn't it? I mean, that's the thing is that the pace yeah. of this is incredible. And so everyone's going to grieve at different levels and, and, and paces as well. So as a business owner, and there'll be other business owners watching this, they'll have their own personal grief to deal with and, and the changes within their business structure, but they're also conscious of their, their staff, some who are still with them, some that had to let go, et cetera. Are there any practical tips for handling that stress and anxiety like that? How, how do you deal with that? Uh, I think stay connected. So stay connected with other business owners. If you've got a network of business owners that you can talk to, um, I know that in some professions, there's a lot of uncertainty and fear, and that can lead to poor behaviour. Certainly, certainly seeing a little bit of that in some sectors um, of the online community. And so I think be careful what you listen to and careful what you read. Don't buy into stuff that's, that's feeding on drama. Don't buy into stuff that's feeding fear. Um, look to the people who are staying calm and steady during this and perhaps listen to them a bit more or, or look to them for guidance or look to them for lightening of the mood, whatever it might be that you get from those people. But stay, stay connected. Stay connected with your team and stay connected with other business owners. I think now more than ever, now more than ever, having, having either a business mentor of some sort or a business peer-to-peer -peer relationship is really important because otherwise you do... We are, we are actually isolated and this will only make it worse if we don't stay connected with others. Absolutely. Yeah. I think um, I've certainly made the point that physically we're isolated. That doesn't mm. mean we have to be mentally or spiritually or emotionally yeah. isolated. We, yeah, we can still remain right. very connected. I think we're lucky, we, you and I and our group, mm. um, of course, so we have a wider group that has been connected across distance now for a couple of years. We're used to yeah. communicating electronically. 
Um, but not everyone is. So a lot of people are now adjusting to this. The people yeah. that they used to sit next to or have a coffee with or a coffee break are now physically distant um, and they're adjusting to how to, to remain connected because there's lots of ways of doing that. Things like we're using right now, Zoom or, or mm. good old phone, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of ways yeah. of doing it. But um, I think you're right, staying connected is super important. And that sometimes requires a little bit of effort, but well worth it. Yeah, a little bit of effort, a little bit of planning, but, you know. But you can be spontaneous, you know. You can say, okay, I'm, I'm catching up. You know, you can put a call out to your friends or your colleagues and say, all right, Saturday night, 5 p.m., Zoom call, here's the link, join me if you can. Yep. And, you know, and people will will find ways of making this happen. You know, I remember, I remember when my grandfather uh, retired, he was a builder and he was very well known and uh, very well liked and respected. And when he retired, he, he had all these workmates that were his, his buddies on the work site. And um, the shock for him when he retired was suddenly there was crickets. There was nobody, you know, and he realised that his workmates were just that they were workmates. They weren't actually friends. And it was huge, huge adjustment for him. And I think if anything, we're finding that this, this platform is going to help us realise that we can, we can bleed boundaries. You know, like we can blur them. We can, it doesn't have to just be at work. We can actually have a catch up from home via Zoom. We can, like I think it's going to shift how we interact with our work colleagues and our friends and our peers. I'm excited by that actually. Yeah, well, that's one of the things, one of the notes I have here to ask you. Um, we can, and really it's a mindset thing. So uh, what are your thoughts on this? How you view things. Yeah often determines how you come out of them. Yep. So we, yeah. we have a disaster in a sense that you could look at it as a disaster and focus on that. But within that disaster, mm -hmm. there is opportunity. Now, part of me says, the little voice of mine, you, know, you can't take opportunity in a disaster. But of course, that's wrong. And I've, I think it's wrong. And I'd love your thoughts on yeah. it. Um, I, I think another way of looking at it, I love, I've always loved that saying that um, necessity is the mother of invention. And so we, it, we are required, it, it, this situation necessitates us to get creative. It necessitates us to find new ways of doing things. And that's what I find exciting. I think that the need to be, um, uh, sorry about background noise, children. Uh, the, um, the need for us to find new ways to communicate, the need for us to find ways to do business. I mean, I, I heard a story the other day of a plumber I think I might have told you a plumber who's running running his business via Zoom. Um, obviously, got his customers wised up. They can book a time with him, pay for his time. They've got a leaky tap, blocked pipe, blocked toilet, whatever it is. They can jump on a Zoom call with him, show him the problem. He can talk them through step by step, even demonstrate to them what they need to be doing to fix the problem. And if it can be fixed remotely, it will be fixed remotely. Reducing the amount of time he needs to be interacting with people face to face, so reducing the spread. Genius. He's genius. Actually, I've got there's at least one general plumber in this group. I hope they're watching. Uh, and obviously, genius. I'm, I'm in from a business perspective. You can probably pay for that consultation up front, so you know you're not taking yep. risks. There's ways of doing that yep. online. There's ways of doing that. Um, and I mean, then, the practicals of that are super super easy. Yeah. You set up, you know, you you set up an, a calendar, an online calendar, calendar like Calendly or Acuity. Yeah. You block out the times that you don't want to be available to all and sundry. You make a link to that available on your website. You hook it up to PayPal. 
you set it up so people can book in and they pay. This is how my business coaching works. People book in, they're, they're paid, and, and we each get the Zoom link sent to us. Bob's your uncle. You know, so the, the, the ways that people are getting creative astounds me. We have to be creative, don't you? And even in that plumbing oh. sense, now, there's lots of things you can't do remotely, of course, in of a course. plumbing point of view, but I'm sure a leaky tap is something that can be handled. And one of the things I have noticed too, and we talked about this, I want to talk about this as a, a business owner and dealing with staff remotely too, because it's a similar yeah. scenario. The yeah. productivity versus time at a desk, right? And this is one of those scenarios as a plumber, you're not wasting time driving out there, mm. yep. uh, or driving back or in between. Stuck in traffic. Out, stuck in traffic. So you can do multiple consultations like this in a rapid sort of rapid fire way, still yep. make good um, good coin um, and yep. providing a service that's absolutely necessary, but you're not physically yep. there. It's no. the same thing with having staff that are remote. So there's a degree of trust in that too. Yep. But understand yep. that there's a difference between hours at a desk and productivity massive difference yep. um, because there are gains in not running around look there, there absolutely are so and 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 with that i i then get a bit mouthy about things like fees so and what you charge just because you aren't driving around doesn't mean you can't charge the same call out fee correct now because to the customer it's still the time they're paying for your time uh, they're not paying for your time on the road, but they're paying for the convenience of having you available to them in their home without you physically being present. Mm -hmm. um, they don't even have to get dressed if they don't want to. You know, they, they, <laughs> well, let's hope they're not naked, but you know what I mean. Um, so so I think, no, <laughs> I'm dressed. I can't speak for you, David, but I'm dressed. dressed. <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, sometimes people say, oh, but I'm not doing exactly the same thing. Therefore, I really should charge less for this service. It's like, well, hang on a minute. You still got a business to run. You still got mm. staff to pay. You still got the taxes and the superannuation and the insurances and all the other things. And not everybody will, not everybody's needs will be met by that online service. And so if we continue the plumbing analogy, not everyone's needs are going to be met and you might not actually be able to get out to do the emergency calls depending on how things go with isolation rules. Uh, and so your business will take a hit anyway. So then what it comes down to is a client by client, session by session, case by case conversation. Yes. If I needed you to fix a tap for me and your normal call out fees, I'm just going to make up a number here. We'll call it five bazillion dollars, right? Because I don't know what it actually would be. So your normal fee is five bazillion dollars for me to come out to my house and fix my leaky tap. If you, if I can, if I can discover that you're available online to help me, I don't even have to wait until you're next available to come to my house. You're available this afternoon at three o'clock. Oh my God, the convenience of that. If it's still five bazillion dollars, I'm prepared and able to still pay you your five bazillion dollars. Yes. If I was a long-term trusted client and I just lost my job and I might not be in a position to pay my five, your five bazillion dollars, you might talk to me about how that looks. You might talk about which, what about a payment arrangement? What about you know pay a little bit each week? What about pay my five bazillion dollars this time and next time I'll give you a discount? Like there's several thousand ways that you can get creative around how you, you keep your business financially viable during a time like this. It's not price gouging. It's not profiteering. It's it's about honouring the obligations you've got as a business owner 
because you won't be able to help anybody if you go bankrupt. This, so, this actually leads me to a couple of, of, of things. So you say mm. value versus service, like it's, it's the value you bring. So I was thinking about that, that plumbing mm. scenario. You, you yep. think about it differently and say, well, you're not just, you're not just fixing a leaking tap. Mm. You've, you've provided that service that you would have done in person. They've physically done the work. So I, I guess you could argue that they've done something. However, you've provided something even far more valuable in that process. And it's the value that you should be charging for, not the time, right? Yeah, yeah. You've actually taught them how to fix a leaky tap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so it's a question of changing, shifting that mindset to to one of value versus time. And um, so it's not an hourly rate, it's a value rate. The value I'm bringing is this. Look, as a psychologist, I was taught... And I firmly believe that my job as a psychologist is to make myself redundant. Yeah. You shouldn't need me. You shouldn't need to book in to see me weekly. I don't see people weekly, but you shouldn't need to book in to see me weekly forever. Like that's not the role of, mm. of that's not what I do. My job is to teach you to make yourself better so that the next time you have a tough patch in your life, you can make yourself better and you won't necessarily need me. And, and I believe that that's, providing great value to my client. Yes. Um, and I think that the same with the plumbing analogy there. You know, if you're teaching somebody, if you could, if you could do that for me, jump online and I am, I am not interested in fixing my own taps or learning how to, I could probably Google that stuff, right? I could YouTube search that stuff. I have no interest in doing that. I'd much rather either delegate to someone else to fix it for me or the next compromise point for me in the current circumstances is you talk me through it gently and slowly and patiently. So I don't have to spend the time because I'm a busy person. I don't want to spend the time Googling how to do that for myself. That's one lot of brain space I don't have available, but stepping me through it, that's of excellent value to me. It is. And the other thing I was saying about that from a business point of view, the second step to that is you're now providing that you're also building a relationship for after this and that's looking yeah. from my point of view yeah. if you say well i'm going to shut up shop i'm done until this is over then you literally have to start again of course part of what i'm about is helping people through this so that we have yeah. a either a really healthy business right through it and or if it's a shrinking business or reducing yeah. business for yeah. the time being we have a launch pad yeah. to go to after this is done so we and part that's of it is that that relationship building yeah you know? I can't stress enough how important it is to be mindful of how you'll be seen after this is all over. Yeah. So uh, we've got a bit of a bun fight uh, in the mental health professions at the moment um, about bulk billing, because at the moment the government's made some fabulous moves forward in terms of making telehealth available um, to the community at a broader level. Uh, However, at the moment, and this will change, at the moment, they've stipulated that those items must be bulk billed. Now, for a lot of mental health professionals, the fee for bulk billing is so low. It's a bit like, a, like I said to you earlier, it's a bit like a bookshop owner being told you have to, you still have to have all your staff, all your overheads and everything else, but you now have to sell your books at cost. Mm. You're not allowed to sell them for anything more than cost. So it's a, that analogy applies. And so we've got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of interesting judgments being made in some quarters. Uh, of people and so on and their and their billing practices um number one i think that no business owner should ever be judged for their billing practices unless they are actually doing the wrong thing like i'm talking to you if you're selling a roll of toilet paper for 10 bucks 
Um, But um, generally, most business owners are trying to make decisions based on the need to keep their business alive. Yes, exactly. Most, Most business owners are terrified of people not paying what they're charging. Uh, and, and so I know the stress that goes into designing a, a fee structure. I know how hard it can be. And so I also know how hard it is when all of a sudden you're told, actually, you're not allowed, you're not allowed to charge that. So the behaviour that I'm seeing at the moment, it sort of, again, reminds me, you know what, how do you want to be seen when this is all over? Are you behaving in a way that's calm and measured and tolerant because it takes effort in the current climate to be calm and measured and tolerant, patient, compassionate. It takes a lot of extra effort to be like that right now. Um, but that effort, when we talk about relationship building, that effort, putting in the effort to come from that place is so worth it. Yeah. Because you'll be the one that is looked back on as being someone who acted with dignity during a time of crisis and someone well, that's who acted... An investment at this point in time in your future business and, and that's a... a and, and it's community leadership. Yeah. So I talk a lot about influence. Uh, it's a word that's been really twisted <laughs> in the social media age. But I talk about influence. Actually, I've got a little free downloady thing that I could give you a link to. Give me the link and I'll pop it in, in the comments, um, Tess. Uh, and in that I talk about... It's a little just a little printable brochure um, booklet Uh, I talk about influence within your business. So, you know, leadership internally, influence within your business. I talk about influence beyond your business. So, you know, how you're seen, the legacy that you build, the reputation that you have. And then I I talk about market influence. So building up something that is actually a sellable asset. So your business becomes a market influence as well. And all of this, how we behave, how we interact with each other, how we speak to each other at times of crisis is what matters. It, it really feeds into your legacy and your reputation. And I can't stress enough how important that is. <coughs> Sorry. Totally agree with you. And I, I'll, I have to say, I'm sure everyone has had experience with both sides of this already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to say, I've been absolutely um, impressed by how um, most of my clients... 90 we'll go we'll go 98 percent of my clients have been so careful and understanding and, and patient and they've had to make some hard decisions some of them have had to make some yeah. hard decisions on on where they are with me and my services and we've had those conversations in a, a very calm mature way and, and that has certainly uh, made a massive mm. difference to from my point of view yeah um, yeah i understand what's going on right so for me it's not a difficult Thing to have a conversation with me i don't think but i understand yeah. leading up to it is stressful and actually yeah. doing it is not an easy thing um yeah. but there's there's been the odd one or two that have been mm. difficult a difficult more difficult than it had to be uh, yeah. and i yeah. think it's simply because the focus is on their little world and that their, not bubble. Their, their bubble that it's a bigger thing so yeah. yeah i think you're right it'll have an impact long term on how you how you view and how you behave and, and I've, mm. Um, mm. certainly grasp that very yeah. well itself as well yeah. i think it's important yeah. to we, we've all got to make a living we've all got to get through this but we also need to make sure we all get through this and that, <laughs> yeah 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 through that yeah. process i think there's a big opportunity in this and that's what i was talking about in terms of opportunity to mm. expand your influence if nothing else through this process you may not expand your bank balance because there's a difference between price gouging as in like oh roll a toilet paper ten dollars and hey, I mm. have secured this toilet paper. It's a little bit more expensive than normal, but I'm making 10 cents a roll on it. Can you live with that? And, and helping, right? That's a 
fun. That sort of thing. It's yeah, exactly right. You know, I used the analogy the other day. I used the other day, the, the analogy the other day. You know, if we if we hit a point where there were shortages in things like bread, yep. And you and you're a baker, and you've got two people in your shop, and you've got one loaf of bread left. Uh, I would say, in the current circumstances, to be to innovate and say, you know what, guys, I'm going to cut this loaf of bread, and I'm going to sell you each half of that loaf of bread exactly. and I'm going to charge you a little bit more than half the cost of the loaf of bread because I also have to spend the time to cut it and to wrap it and to make sure it's in a bag and it's all the things that I have to do and pay my staff to serve each of you and all of these things. You know, those sorts of innovations and being priced accordingly uh, to cover costs and, and you know, and, and to sure, if, if, if there's a percentage of profit there, not profiteering, but, you know, the normal allowance for profit in, built into the cost of that, most people aren't going to have a problem with that. Where people will have a problem is where it's quite obvious that you're taking advantage um, and taking advantage of the situation. And the toilet paper scenario is the classic one. You know, we're seeing images online of people stealing crates of toilet paper and then selling them online for ridiculous prices and so on. And, um, there's a special place in hell for those people. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there is that distinction though you're making between profit and profiteering. And um, often people um, are scared of the word profit, but let's face it, we're yeah. business people. Right? We're in business and we're trying to make the profit yeah. is essential. <clears throat> yeah. And I, feel, I think I look at it this way. When I, when I pay somebody, so when I pay somebody their salary, so say I was an employee, I am an employee and I get X amount of money in my bank that's the retail price of me but the actual price of me is the on cost on top of that that my employer has to pay and that's my profit as an employee because that's the money that i that my employer is contributing to me having paid sick leave me having paid holidays yes. that's what profit looks like from an employee perspective from an employer or from a business owner perspective profit allows you to have the paid sick leave hopefully the paid holidays, hopefully. Put your hand up if you're a business owner and you've, you, you know, you've taken long-term paid holidays. You know, very few do. But the reality is that's what profit's intended for. It's intended so that there's a bit extra on the side for you for doing all the hard work. There's a bit extra on the side for a rainy day, for yeah. a virus, for a pandemic. <laughs> you know, the profit is there to keep things afloat. But, of course, most businesses don't run at a gross profit. No. We, we all overestimate how much we're going to make and we underestimate how much that's going to cost yeah absolutely true and mm -hmm. and it's essential that we that we make decent profits because if we're not here whether it's through a pandemic or just mm -hmm. through the cycles of business if we're not here in a year to to provide these services that people require we're of no value to anyone and it comes that's back it. to that term of value again that's um, exactly right. And when you're setting pricing, and I know we've kind of shifted gears a little bit, but when you're setting yeah, yeah. pricing, in my view, it is about that value and understanding mm. that you you have to be around to provide that value. Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah. important to understand about mm. that, about your business, regardless of what it is, whether it's the, the plumber fixing the tap or a psychologist helping mm. to fix um, yeah. mines or, or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's value um, and it's important. You have to look after yeah. yourself in the process. That's right. That's exactly right. So I, I love, there's a bookshop here in Melbourne called, I'm going to give a big shout out to Avenue Bookstore. I've got no affiliation other than I love them. Um, and the Avenue Bookstore, uh, we go to the one in Albert Park. And fabulous bookstore, fabulous staff, very knowledgeable, love them. They have closed their doors, 
but they are running a behind the scenes skeleton crew and they are offering free deliveries to people in their immediate suburban locations. There's a few stores, so I think they're doing it from each of their stores. And um, Australia Post deliveries for people further afield. And you can jump on their website, you can order what you like, you can paddle around and browse in their online. They've got all their books online. And you can bring them up. You can, even online, you can put, there's an option to say, can you please call me to discuss? Right, yeah. Now, how do I know all this? I know all this because they've told me, they've kept communicating with me as a customer. They've kept me up to date when they were sort of uh, gradually um, shortening their opening hours. They've kept me updated with what they were doing behind the scenes. They've kept me updated with what is still available. So I feel quite comfortable knowing that I can still support my small local business. I don't have to jump onto the big conglomerates just to get something delivered to me. If I want to still support a local business, I can. That's innovation and great communication. And they're still selling their books at normal prices. So hopefully that will offset some of the cost of doing what they're doing. There's a butcher, local butcher um, in Turak, Peter Bouchier, I think is the name of the butcher, uh, who's doing a drive-through service. So people ring up, tell them what they want, drive their car into the car park at the back of the butchers, ring them again, say, I'm here. Someone trots out with your roast lamb. Yeah. A leg of lamb. You haven't roasted it yet. Leg of lamb. And off you go. You know, the ones that are communicating with their communities, whether it be by Facebook, by email, or however you're doing it, they're the ones that will survive. So it's innovation and communication. And again, allowing for profit, charging your normal fees. Charging yeah. your normal fees. Now, any of those shops, either of those shops could argue, well, I shouldn't be charging my normal fees because I don't have the same amount of staff on the floor. I don't need to do as much cleaning because there's not as many people traipsing through my shop every day, et cetera, et cetera. They should absolutely be charging their normal fees because they're not going to get as much custom during this time. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Yeah. So the, the, the actual yeah. revenue drops. Yeah. So, yeah, oh, look, yeah. I couldn't agree more. And this is yeah. that innovation, that shifting or pivoting the business. Smart. I've been really impressed with the way I, I, I've seen many businesses already shift. And I've been, well, obviously, we have a, a, an audience here that's slightly wider than Australia. So we have some, uh, yeah, yeah. some people from the US and the UK um, in here as well. And uh, hopefully that will grow. But I've also been very impressed, at least with the, with the way um, the Australian government and, and the local state governments are doing their best to support in really, really difficult circumstances. I, I'm, I'm not going to pretend all this is perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What they're doing is moving rapidly. And I know in your profession, things have moved rapidly. Things that would take years have taken a week or 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm seeing this. This is what can happen when people have the right mindset or they're forced to have the right mindset. Um, yeah. Fall in a heap or you can say, okay, what are my options and pivot? And this is one of the things I'd really like to get across to people. There's opportunity yeah. in this to pivot, to learn from this, to collect yeah. data, if nothing else, to, yeah. to see opportunities, learn, yeah. upskill, change a business. And my guess is many businesses won't go back to being what they were because they'll have found a better way through. That. Oh, yeah. And, and that's what's exciting for me. That's exciting. I'm excited to see how we change as a society. I'm excited to see how businesses do things differently from here on in. I'm excited to see how all of a sudden geographical boundaries don't exist anymore. Yeah. 
So from, you know, from this period onwards, we all should have an international clientele because it doesn't matter anymore where we live. Going back to our plumber analogy, he could be in Mordialic here in Victoria servicing people in Italy as long as they speak English or he speaks Italian, you know, it's all good, right? It doesn't matter anymore. Um, so I think, you know, the government that we've got at the moment, uh, the initiative that I'm really, really loving, I'm, I'm quite fascinated by this. I'm, I'm listening to every, every press conference. I'm fascinated by what their, their approach is at the moment. They're referring to um, businesses going into hibernation. And I think it is such a smart, smart strategy for the government. What they're yes. doing is they've released a package called JobKeeper so that businesses that are, either have experienced 30% drop in revenue or are likely to experience a 30% drop in revenue can be eligible for $1,500 a fortnight per employee so that they can go into hibernation. A restaurant's a good example of this. It costs a restaurant far more money to open their doors than it does to scale down and stay open I mean what I mean is it costs them too much to open their doors they might as well close their doors and and at the moment that's what a lot of them have decided to do is shut their doors and they've lost staff so what they can do is they can actually say well now we can continue to pay our staff $1,500 a fortnight thanks to the government initiative that means when they're ready to reopen they don't have to re-recruit and they don't have to retrain which is such a slowdown in any business's recovery from any kind of crisis. Not only a slowdown, it's, it's actually an expensive process. It's an expensive well. process. So, so if you've already got so, staff that are trained and ready to go, you, you're in a far better position once again to launch. The links, by exactly. the way, to the documents for Australian businesses here are in the private Facebook group. I put those up yesterday, the day before. So if you look good. at the documents, they're there. Um, so you can, you can download, courtesy of my accountant, who's been brilliant in communicating, I have to say. Mine too. I've actually been saying to my coaching clients, if your accountant has not been keeping you up to date with these initiatives, you need a new, new accountant. Yes. To all accountants, I would say, if you have not been keeping your clients up to date, think of the Avenue Bookstore. I know exactly what I can do to support that bookstore during this time. If your clients don't know what's going on, you're going to lose them. Absolutely. I know it's different for, for different countries, but it's the same principle. Oh, for sure. Well, same principle applies. Yeah, if yeah. you're not getting that communication, then um, yeah, you need to rethink it. This is part of, of course, my strategy in doing the, the Rough Diamond Academy. It was This was happening before all this, of course. I was, I was mm. working towards taking my business more international, uh, certainly more Australia-wide, but international because what I do is, is um, not translates. geographically, um, yeah. doesn't matter. Um, so, you know, and I've, I've been building that in the background now, none of this was ready to go when this happened. So I pivoted and I created this private group and, and hopefully mm. part of this is creating a community where we can actually help each other through this. So yep. I'm hoping that more people will jump on board and hopefully we'll get some accountants from different countries even in, who might jump in and help provide some of these this information but that idea of taking um what you have and expanding it beyond the current borders in your mind yeah. really yeah. because that's yeah. really where they are there will be mm. i don't really care what your business is there yeah. will be some element of your business that can expand beyond the geographical borders that you have even if you're a plumber right as you were saying right that there will be knowledge you have that you can sell yeah you know, that you can offer that you can bring to a community. There's always ways to expand what you do beyond the yep. geographical boundaries that you have. Or, or those. That's right. And, and even the fact that, that um, systems are different in different countries, don't let that stop you. Um, you know, I think for me personally, 
the business coaching that I do, uh, for, for the longest time, I thought that I was, it was only relevant to psychologists because I am one. And then the more I spoke with other business owners, the more I realised that we're all speaking the same language. We all have the same barriers and we all have the same goals and dreams and desires and fears and the rest of it. Um, so it's really important to take your blinkers off, especially at a time like this when we must innovate. Take your blinkers off. Just, just question your own assumptions about what you are able to offer and to whom and, and start thinking. I'm, I'm usually telling people to niche. I'm usually telling people to double down on your niche. But at the moment, I think it's okay to just revisit that. Have a little bit of a think about who else. I'm, and, I'm big into niche as well too, Tess. But at the same token, and the, the name The Rough Diamond came from that idea that within every business and within each of us is a rough diamond. What the problem is often is we don't know what the diamonds are. So take yeah, that time yeah. to find them, mine, yeah. mine the diamonds, and then you can cut and polish them, yeah. right? Often yeah. we've got an idea of what we think they should be, but yeah. when we really take that good hard look, we have something that we've completely mm. looked mm. overlooked for years. Yeah, I, I think niching, niching more now than ever really is, is about your message rather than your clientele. So, you know, your, mes your message may well apply to far more people than you can imagine. Um, and if your message is clear and consistent, and that's really the niche, you're messaging about what you do and how you do it and how you're of value to people. And it's not about selling, it's about communicating. Um, then it, it often surprises me the number of people who get in touch with me who I've never heard of, you know, because I do have a consistent following of people that communicate with me regularly and then increasingly so in the current climate, I'll hear from people I've never spoken to before who'll say, oh, Tessie, I really appreciate the video you did the other day or the post yeah. you did the other day or whatever. So never assume, never assume. That's a fascinating point. Great point, in fact. And often when you put things out, and I'll refer here particularly to things like social media, um, yeah. and when you're putting things out on social media, it takes a while, quite a while, and a lot of consistent effort to build a following. And quite often it can feel, particularly in the early days, and those early days, by the way, may go for a year or two, that you're talking to nobody. Yeah. But every now and then you'll get a surprise someone will you know drop you a comment or a dm and just let you know that hey that was awesome i got so much from that you don't actually know what people are taking from what you're putting out there um yeah i've got the perfect example of that you know and i and i often i often mention this um and if she's listening she'll know i'm talking about her it's okay um but one of the clients in my top level inner circle program um I had never heard of her until she signed up for that program. So what I didn't know was that in the background, she was lurking, productively lurking productively you know, and absorbing, lurking. <laughs> productively <laughs> lurking and, you know, and absorbing the stuff that I talk about, deciding for herself whether or not she could gel with me, whether or not she knew, liked and trusted me. That's the point of consistent messaging on social media. So that's how people get to know, like and trust you. She had obviously decided by the time I launched that program, that she knew me well enough, that she trusted me and that she liked me and that she wanted to work with me in a really close, mm. high-level way and signed up, bang, signed up. That that actually yeah. touches on on brand really, isn't it? Yeah. Everything yeah, you put yeah. out there is your brand and it takes a while for people to, to build that. Yeah. And people only buy from people they trust. Yeah, yeah. 
which gets back to relationship, communication, how you behave during a crisis. You know, all of those things are so important. And that all feeds into your brand. I often talk about your reputation. People often don't understand the difference between reputation and legacy. And reputation is what precedes you. Legacy is what you've left behind. Um, you know, your reputation is how people talk about you. Legacy is something that you've left like a little seed. Um, we think of legacy as what do I leave my children? But it's also what do you leave the person that you've just left in a meeting or in a part at a party or wherever and you've said something that has sat with them and before at some point that little legacy bomb is going to go off so like this woman who signed up for my program I don't know what little legacy bomb I left with her at some point with something that I said but it was when I launched that program that that went off in her mind that little legacy bomb and it's like right bang that's it I'm in um so reputation and legacy, they are such important concepts and they all linked with how we communicate, what value we give, uh, generosity and generosity of spirit too. I think, um, yeah, we, we think about the Gary Vaynerchuks of the world who are talking a lot about, you know, give, give, give before you think yeah. about asking. Um, and I absolutely agree with that. You know, I'm always giving, thinking of things that I can give away Yep. doing you know videos so that people learn something yep. um and i don't care that i don't care how many people are productively lurking i love the fact that they're there i <laughs> love the fact that they're getting something out totally, of it you know totally stealing that term i have to take it. i'm not even going <laughs> well, to like, i didn't made it up <laughs> i made it up oh, that's all right i feel better now um but it's true the people do they lurk and that's normal but i love that idea of of um reputation and legacy and, yeah. and and that giving yeah i think people are often frightened to give of their their knowledge for fear that other people will take that knowledge and profit from yeah. it but isn't yeah. that the whole point yeah and yeah. and it's not like you lose anything through that process yeah. um and i have to say once again i'm going to plug my little thing here this is what this is about this is about building yeah. that knowledge and it's one of the things i want to leave with the audience yeah. today is that this also is an opportunity you can watch netflix for six months or you can upskill mm. and and take from the generosity of people who are giving here take yep. but if you like build on the generosity of, of what people are giving and you know create something yeah it isn't, it isn't that a wonderful thing it comes around it comes around it does it comes around you know i mean <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk says, you know, people are always asking him, why does he give so much of his knowledge away for free? And he says, because I know 90% of people aren't going to implement it. Well, that's, that's actually a pretty universal <laughs> fact too. Most people won't. But it also does, and, it establishes him then as an expert. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, you, you can charge your worth. Yes. You can charge your worth with a good, with a good con clear conscience because you're also providing value to your community in other ways. So, um, you know, I think that, and that's what I mean about productively lurking, you know, you, people who you might never know exist, they will never like anything that you've done, they'll never comment on anything you've done, they'll never share it, you will never know they were there. But in the meanwhile, they're in the background, writing notes on the things that you're saying, really thinking about how they're doing what they're doing and how they could do it differently based on something clever that you've said you've shared some knowledge with them that has made a difference to their business or their life and to them that is gold and to you it might have just been a throwaway comment knowledge that you've taken for granted thinking everybody else already knows this stuff the other thing i think is people do get scared of giving stuff away because they think well if i give stuff away why would anyone then choose to pay money 
Yeah, it's, it's good because point. You, it's because you give stuff away that people <laughs> will choose to pay money. And they the they will already see the value. And they've got generous spirits. They want to help people who've helped them. That's a human trait. That's a human nature thing. And most people want to interact with people who've looked after them, who've done the right mm. thing. Not everyone. There's that 5% will just take everything and you'll never hear from them. Yeah. 90% who'll do nothing. But there's that 5% yeah. who'll, who'll grab a hold of that and work with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's your real ideal audience, right? That's what we're shooting that's for. That's it. That's it. it. Um, exactly but I've right. got I've got examples of that in my in my life. I'm sure everyone does. And there's a guy I followed for years. I was on his mailing list, and most of the time I'd get his email and I'd ignore it. And then I was looking at pivoting my business many years ago now. And literally, as I'm sitting there thinking and and, and writing out spreadsheets and modelling it, an email comes in that says you know, with a headline that's something almost about this is how you do what you want to do, David. <laughs> like that's essentially what it was saying to me. Here, join this program and I'll tell you to do exactly what you want to do. And I did join the program. So I'd been on a mailing list for years. I joined the program and I was on that program for four and a half years, paying every month. Because you never know where people are in a buying cycle. You never know where they're at in any given point in time in terms of what they need and don't need. So that's yeah. part of that process too of, of adding value along the way, mm. building relationships so that when people are ready, you're there. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's gold. It is. Perfect example. You and I could talk a day, I know that. Because mm -hmm. we would, if given half We a would. But I'm probably, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to hold you up because I know you're a busy lady. Uh, but I want to I want to say thank you very much for your time. I, I'm, I'm My pleasure. sure as people um, watch through this, there's lots mm -hmm. of little nuggets in there. And um, mm -hmm. there are some links. There will be some links in the comments below this. Um, so you can follow Tess on social media, go to a website, etc. Mm. And um, also don't forget to get involved in this community because getting involved and also giving of your knowledge is part of what this is about. It's, yeah. it's, not, um, it's about spreading that across a larger community and growing it so that we can all come through the other side of this better. Yeah, absolutely right. Yes, yeah, yeah. you're an absolute gem, my friend. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. But, um, Love it. We will. Uh, well, we will talk soon. We'll do a, a virtual cocktail. Uh, sure. <laughs> I love it. We have to. Right. Okay. <laughs> Thanks again. <laughs>